Okay, we're going to start off by talking rugby and we joined on the line by former Proteus uh, Spina and Scotland Spina, I must add, for those who were not aware, Mr. Homer Henry joins us on the line. Good evening, um, sir, and thank you very much for being able to speak to us on SAFM tonight, Mr. Homer Henry, and Happy New Year to you. Good evening, Tambeso, and Happy New Year to you and all to all the listeners. Thank you, sir. Are you surprised, though, Mr. Omar Henry, that the Proteas have surrendered so meekly in this series, suffering heavy defeats in both matches? Not really surprised. I'm concerned about the state of our cricket on the field and off the field. So it's not a surprise to me. I I realized some time ago that it's going to be a huge struggle on the field to make a U-turn and even off the field to make a U-turn. When I talk on the field, it's pure cricket, whichever format we're talking about. Mm. Off the field, I'm talking about administrators, leadership, and finance. Whew. And and maybe let's 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 get deeper in, in in into that. What exactly is it about maybe leadership that you're concerned about? Because for me, the one thing that stands out is the fact that no coach has been appointed. It's been two months since Mark Boucher resigned. But for you, what are some of your concern concerns? Well, leadership on the field and off the field. Mm-hmm. So let's start on the field. On the field, okay. All right. Two thousand and twelve, August. 28 or around about that time, South Africa became the number one test nation in the world. Mm. 2012. Mm. A few days later, South Africa were ranked in all three formats, number one that same year. It's 2022. We're entering 2023 exactly 10 years and where are we we're sliding down the rankings very fast very fast so how many leaders did we have on the field Mm. how many CEOs did we have how many presidents did we have so there is something that we need to be concerned about. How do we fix it? Mm. I don't know. I haven't given it a thought. Right? Mm. My expertise lies on the field. We we missed opportunities from 2015. Faf was our last captain who kept the fire burning and the flames up there. From there onwards, it was decline. It was declining. Boom, boom, boom. Right? Today, we've got Alga. We've got Bavuma. Alga declined. Bavuma had a stint with the World Cup. We lost miserably to Netherlands. And what was the common denominator? Batting. They both batters. Mm. So overall, 
our batting has declined drastically over the last decade. The last decade. Now, you can go, uh, what, Graham Smith, Kirsten, Gibbs, Callis, uh, Prince, Amla. Peterson, Amla, you know? They, they kept the flame burning. They fought on difficult pitches. They kept it going. We can't find one today. Not one. To scrap us a hundred. Under difficult circumstances. Faf du Plessis battered whole day at, at, in Adelaide. Mm. He blocked it all day. We can't, we couldn't find somebody. For the last four or five years, we're battling. So, so, so why are we battling then? Is it a lack of a succession plan? Is it like some people have been saying that the standard of domestic that, cricket has also dropped? Put that, put that, plus the standard of the, of the, of the, of the, the domestic cricket. So if you take both, if you take both of them, just the two of them, then it comes to leadership and it comes to development. And in South Africa, it also comes in transformation, i.e. where people want to see players of color in the national team. All right? Now, if you want players of color into the national team, they need to be good enough to win you games. So therefore, your development of that identified talent has to be of a very high standard. Of a very high standard. And we have now today, I can say to you categorically, that not your boys' schools that has produced in the past the qualities of the Gary Kirsten's, the uh, Gibbs's, the Callis's, the um, Smith's, the Amla's, and all that. They haven't produced either. So where do we go? What, what, what needs to be done? Who's going to ask those questions and who's going to answer those questions and who is going to bring solutions to the table? And is that system viable, Mr. Omar Hendry, of having these so-called cricket schools where they seem to be the pipeline of producing international cricket? I mean, international cricket, as I was reading Faf Duplessis' book during this uh, December, and he was saying, basically, it seems like if you go to Afis, you're guaranteed to make the Proteus team. Is that still the way to go? Or do we need to expand a bit more? Well, you have to re-look at it. You have to review it. You look now. Alga, where did he go to school? I don't think he went to a boys' school. Mm. Right? But, Bavuma did. Mm. Rasif and Dyson did. Kenneth the Brain. Makra. You name them. Right? They all went there. But, we cannot perform in test cricket. We needed to qualify against Netherlands 
we succumb. Mentally. Not technically, mentally. We froze. And that was the game that mattered, like like it's happened in, in, in previous years. And and you talk about freezing and you talk about the mental aspect of it. Um, there's been a, a lot of talk in the Australian media during this tour that this Proteus team is too soft for a side that's touring Australia. They're not standing up for themselves and are even too nice in their media interviews. How big a factor is, is, this, is this part of the game? Well, when you play test cricket, it's the ultimate test. You're either going to, as a bowler, you're either going to come on a flat, flat wicket like in Pakistan, right? You saw the scores now, England yeah. and New Zealand. Betting right? paradise. Betting paradise. Now, you as a bowler, you've got, to, you've got to bowl at it. You can't lose heart now. You've got to find a way. Then you're going to go to other places like the Gabba and it's green. And you now as a batter, you've got to score runs on it. We succumb. Where do we go? Now, if you look at there is, our batting has an effect on what is our strength, our bowling. Mm. It has an effect, believe me. Because the bowlers don't even have time to rest um, during the test match. They won't have. They won't put their, they won't, they can't put their feet up for long enough because our bat is out in 60 overs. And and over the past few months, Mr. Omar Henry, the bot, the betting coach Justin Simons, who's inexperienced at this level, we don't know Mr. him cricket, from let the... alone international cricket. He's also come under fire and under scrutiny. And Alvira Peterson was telling us a few weeks ago that it's time for former players to be involved. Do you agree with this notion? Well, if we can find the best one, right, amongst all those batters who played and were successful. Because I believe if you've walked the path and you've gone through those battles, you know exactly what it's required. And you can mentor those talented kids that we do have. And we do have talent. We do have talent. But unfortunately, talent is not enough to make us a winning nation, to win you games. Because somewhere along your innings, somewhere along your bowling spells that you're going to have for over five days or whatever, you will be tested. And that is where we're lacking. Dean Alga was saying that the gap between domestic cricket and international cricket is just too big here and he's calling on the authorities to put a special focus on domestic cricket. I'm not sure what exactly he means by that because in the past two years there's been a restructuring led by David Richardson where now we even have two divisions and you can tell they're just trying to create a bigger playing a playing pool. What's, what's the issue maybe in your opinion with our domestic cricket? All I can say to you that the cricketers that I have mentioned to you now, Callis, Smith, uh, Amala, Gibbs, McKenzie, Prince, Peterson, they played their first-class cricket when there were 11 provinces playing. Mm. 11 provinces playing. Almost every team had a quick bowler 
that's vying for a place in the test team or in the national team. Mm. Do we have today? Yeah, today you struggle to think. For, for If you had to call up any replacement, you struggle to think. Who do you call up? Except for one you. or two guys. Thank you. So, so therefore, you, you can't just stop at looking at the playing structure. You've got to look at the development structure. The game demands from you, as a coach, 15 provinces cannot produce 15 quick bowlers. Cannot produce 30 opening batsmen. Now, if you haven't got that, how do you start the game? You start the game already on the wrong foot. Mm. You start with your back against the wall. And and there also seems to be a huge focus, Mr. Omar Henry, on the SA20, which is coming up later this month, uh, more than the national team. I mean, the Cricket South Africa was even willing to sacrifice an ODI tour of Australia and forfeit the points, which means that they might have to go through that qualifying route in Zimbabwe to make the next ODI World Cup in India uh, later this year. Do you also get that feeling that maybe the focus has been more on making money and more on this SA20 than the national team and the fact that they haven't even been able to appoint or close to appointing a permanent coach or coaches for the protest. All right. So in cricket, in cricket, as a business, money is important and the quality of your players are important in all three formats. Is that correct? Yes, it is. They're very high on the agenda. Those are non-negotiables. Mm. All right? We have forfeited and faulted on both the finances. There was a billion rand in the coffers. When Mr. Harun Logard was still around. A billion. A billion. We're struggling. We're struggling to keep cricket alive from the national team to grassroots. They had to cut budgets by 20%. Right down the line. So then the authorities decided, okay, now we're going to bring in the SA20 to make money. That money gets split among three shareholders. So we're going to get 50%. My question is, is 50% enough to fold the right down? I haven't had an answer yet. Okay, for those who are just joining us, we are speaking to former Protea spinner as well as Scotland spinner, Mr. Omar Henry, just getting his thoughts on what has gone wrong uh, with the Proteas, especially now that they are in the middle of what's been a disappointing, horrendous tour of Australia. They're losing the first two test matches. I mean, the first one ended in two days. I know there was a lot of talk about the pitch, but the Australians were able to handle it better, clearly, and that's why they were able to win by second wickets, and I mean, by six wickets. And in the second one, the Proteas lost by an innings and 182 runs. The only positive, and which is a worry that we take that as a positive, is the fact that they actually got 200 runs on the board for the first time in, I think, eight innings, I think, since the first test against England at Lords earlier this year. And that's the first time they got past 200 and they got to 204 and a lot of people are saying that's a positive and it shows you where we are right now. We're going to take a quick 
break and we'll come back with your voice notes 061-4104-107 it's still goalless between Cape Town City and Supersport United Tabiso Musiya on SAFM Okay, let's go to the voice note. I believe we've got one. Good evening, Tabiso. Good evening to your Mr. Omar Henry. Happy New Year. Um, Libra here. Look, it's been very disappointing. In fact, some of the days I did not even bother waking up. Um, I just watched the highlights. I knew what was, what was going to happen. And it's always the batting. And it's amazing how KG has done so well this year, even though the batting has struggled. So, yeah, I'm not shocked because what has gone on at CSA is really affecting the players. But with all these articles coming out about the trust between the players and CSA, the players saying that they want a review of the domestic game, you know, it's just in a mess at the moment. Uh, we're playing less test cricket going forward because they want the SA20 to succeed. They want to create space. They want the revenue in the expense of test cricket. It's all in a mess at the moment. I really don't know what's going to happen, but all I'm going to say to you, is that South African fans, they lack interest in cricket. You can see about uh, the numbers in terms of uh, stadium attendance have dwindled. And we'll see that more evidently in the um, SA20. Okay, thanks for that, Libra. We'll get Mr. Omar Henry to um, respond. We've also got our friend Colin, Colin from Cape Town. Good evening, Colin, and Happy New Year to you, sir. Same to you. It's... uh I wouldn't say compliments of a season. I would say complaints of a season <laughs> because I'm looking for the next test. <laughs> complaints of a season. Yeah. And Omar, good evening to you. You know, listening to Omar and um, he spoke about a month ago or two months ago he said, no, South Africa should reach the semi-finals. I remember that. How wrong was he? Because the thing is this, we are either chokers, we are not chokers. But anyway, besides the point, what I cannot un- understand is I want to congratulate the Proteus. In eight innings, they went over the 200-run uh, mark. They made 200 runs in eight innings. Now, I would like to ask, Omar, what happened to the days when he played? You had Western Province, Eastern Province, Natal, Transvaal, Northern Transvaal in a Curry Cup and a Gillette Cup that was powerful. And our, our, our batters came, Jimmy Cook and, those, and all those players, they came out of that school. Now, Omar, do you think we made a big mistake by um, disin- uh, disinvesting into... Uh, the Gillette Cup and the Curry Cup. Okay, Colin, thanks. Yes, no, I hear you. Uh, I hear you, Colin. Thanks for that. You can drop the phone and listen on the radio. And I think Mr. Omar Henry, he makes a similar point to what you said back in the days where we had so many strong franchises. We even had EP as well as Border, not just one franchise. Where there were 
players produced out of the Eastern Cape border produced SA players. EP produced SA players. Western Province produced SA players. Natal produced SA players. Um, Transvaal produced SA players. Then Northern Transvaal came, they produced SA players. Then Free State came, and I played for Free State. Mm. They produced SA players. And when I left Free State, Free State dominated for 10 years. They won the Curry Cup. Free State won the Curry Cup. If I've told you that 100 years ago, you would have laughed at me. But there was a plan. But Free State at that time had a plan. They recruited myself. Mm. They recruited Franklin Stevenson mm. from West the West Indian. Yes. And they bred homegrown players that played for South Africa. Alan Donald, yeah. Hansi Cronier, Louis Wilkinson, Buya, Louis Wilkinson, um, Gerardus, Liebenberg, yeah. um, Mickey Arthur, Cory Van Sale. They all represented. So... I'm saying, where, why aren't those products coming from the homegrown provinces anymore? Everybody recruits buying players. Nobody breeds players anymore. So there is a definite issue with development locally and each province. And nobody addressed that. Mm. No one person in the office, not, not the CEO, I've never heard a CEO spoke publicly questioning the development of quality of homegrown provincial players that can play successfully for South Africa and make South Africa a competitive cricket nation. Yeah. I haven't heard any CEO spoke like that. Not one. Not one president. Is that why maybe we we are finding some of these players late in their careers? I mean, I think of a Keegan Peterson. He's 29, but he made his, uh, I think, his first class debut in in 2012, or he came into domestic cricket in 2012. But it's only last year that people started taking notice of him. You see, now, now just look, just look. If you look at, in 92, when we got to the World Cup and back into international cricket, there were 11 first-class provinces, right? 11. The guys who, who took us to number one all came through that 11-province system out of their provincial cricket, right? Through their provinces system. Mm. After that, we went to six franchises. That was in the midst of unification where 80% of the country didn't partake in 40 years of playing cricket. Right? So we took a, a backward step. We then come back in 2015. No, what is it? 2020. We now make when Richardson's panel came through and said, now we're going to go first division, eight teams. 
We bring back co-pack players, right? We allow more blacks to play. Three is the quota, and so each team. We missed the boat. We missed the boat in terms of development. We change on an ad hoc basis, willy-nilly. There's no meaning, there's no purpose. For those who are just joining us, we are speaking to a former Protea spinner, Mr. Omar Hendry. We do welcome your voice notes, 061-4104-107. There was also a concern by Libra earlier on, Mr. Omar Hendry, that, that fans are starting to lose interest now in cricket. And I guess that's a serious worry because even our first-class games now are not even being broadcast on TV and we're seeing that clearly there's no appetite even for the broadcasters. Well, you just saw last week a one-day final, final yeah. over final, over 600 runs scored almost, yeah. right? There were hardly any people. And it was there free. was a ban. And it was free. There was a ban. It was free as well. Yeah. So, so what does it tell you? What does it tell you that the people have lost A, the appetite, and B, the trust? People speak silently. Silently. And we can, we can camouflage as much as we like unless we do meaningful change and we improve on the field and off the field and create the trust and get that trust back from the public and the people who play the sport for the love of it so. If we don't get that, because those are the people that come and pay at the gate to come and watch. They've lost interest. And talking about trust, how much do you think of what came out or what happened after the SJN hearings has broken the trust between between cricket and some of its supporters? Because a lot of people feel that there was also a lot of camouflaging there that happened after those hearings. For me... I haven't read the entire report, right? I think it was very selective. Choices made. And Cricket South Africa, you could almost argue they wasted 500,000 rand on having that project. We gained nothing. We gained nothing. Absolutely Nothing. I, I, I don't know whether they can say, Omar, you're wrong. We have gained A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. I don't know. I can't see anything that we have gained out of the SJN, whether it is on the field improvement of the game, because there was a lot of spoken about the state of the game in mm. that SAN hearings. Mm. So who is going to address? We now had two director of cricket, two. Within five years, two. So we're going the same way as all the other leaders. We're waiting for a review of the World Cup. We're still waiting. I'm still waiting. I don't know whether we're going to get it. You don't even know who's part of the panel to do the review. Well, for me, for me, 
and and then Visa, you must tell me whether I'm wrong. I, if I'm wrong, I would love to be wrong and be corrected and see the game making progress. Mm. But if if you are the president or the CEO or the director of cricket, the buck stop by you. Mm. The buck stop by you. The three of you, the buck stop by you. So whoever was involved in planning for that World Cup, come in. Whoever played in that World Cup, come in and give us some feedback. We will ask the questions. Well, the coach didn't even come back to the country with the team after that World Cup. And and, and I agree with what you're saying, actually, yeah, because I think that dismal performance at the World Cup was the legacy of the director of cricket at the time and the team that he had brought in because they were building up uh, to, that world, to, to, to that World Cup. But for the sake of time, let's just take one or two more voice notes before we wrap up our conversation with Mr. Omar Henry. And Supersport United have scored against Cape Town City. They lead 1-0, eight minutes left. Evening, Tavi. So, quick question to your guest. Does he think that the appointment of Inokungwe was somehow of a setup for him to fail? Looking at how he's detailing the background failures in Cricket SA, Arnold Inokono. Okay, thanks for that, Arnold. I mean, the director of cricket, Inokungwe, the, the new one, had to come and answer the questions after the protest returned home from that World Cup in Australia, even though he wasn't the man that put the team together and the technical team together. And I think that's that's what they're asking, Mr. Henry. Was he set up to fail here when he took this job? Or just what do you make of him taking this job? No, I, I don't think one can argue he was set up to fail, right? I think he inherited that. Right? Whatever state it was in, he inherited that. So therefore, the Enoch, the president Naidu, the the the, the CEO, mm. they are the three leaders in terms of policy and operations. So you call in the coach, you call in the chief selector, you call in the captain, they are the leaders. And you say, right now, what have you got to tell me? What have you got? Because you were part of planning. What have you got to tell me? What have you learned? What mistakes have you made? What can we avoid in the future? Then you call in the players. Why is it? Why did this happen? How can we improve it? What needs to be done? Now the players are saying, in test cricket, in test cricket, we need more mm. four-day cricket, right? Mm. Let me tell you, we need more than that. We need more than that because we failed mentally in the World Cup and we failed mentally in the test. So that's a common denominator. But but just finally, Mr. Henry, at which stage then do the players and the captain take responsibility for these failures? And and the team that's there in Australia at the moment. Right. I look at it from a much wider perspective. I've been a coach, and I've been a player, and I've been a chief of selector, and I've been a captain, right? For me, 
the chief of selector, he selects you. Now you don't pick that, yourself. You don't pick yourself. Now that selection has to be very clear between why they selected you. Then the coach comes and he gives you with you talk about how are we going to play this game to win the game, to win the game. Because that's ultimately what counts. There's two things. You either save the game or you win the game. The other one is unacceptable. You've got to learn very quickly if you, if you lose too many or you're gone. So the whole responsibility on performances lies between player, coach, selector. Yeah, okay. Okay, no, loud and clear, Mr. Omar Henry. We're just going to have to leave it here just for the sake of time, but I think you've given us a lot of food for thought here, sober thoughts also, and, and just looking at the, at the broader issues here instead of always focusing on what's happening on the field of play, what's happening with the wicket, uh, how many changes are they going to make. Our problems are clearly bigger than that as uh, as they've been addressed here by a former Protea spinner and Scotland international, Mr. Omar Henry. We thank you for finding time to speak to us always on SAFM, Mr. Henry. Maybe we can catch up with you again next week after the completion of this match and just discuss this even further. Oh, he's gone. can do better and hopefully we can win the game. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thank you, Mr. Henry. Let's hope they do better tomorrow. We're going to talk about um, Siakolis' move now to France.